What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Richard Jefferson will join us in 90 seconds. Linz, what do you got? All right, guys. So Disney announced yesterday that the parks will prepare Star Wars Month starting May 1st through June 4th. Disneyland here in Anaheim will host numerous Star Wars events, including epic character encounters. Um, Also, the return of Hyperspace Mountain, special Star Wars Month merchandise, and themed food and beverage items. And you can visit Disneyland.com for a schedule of events, food menus, and all the info you need about Star Wars Month. All right. Excellent. I mean, I'm sure that place is going to be slammed and packed, but uh, enjoy that. Cappy, you want to go with me? When are we going? I mean, I don't know. You want to go? Do you have yeah, to get I de- permission? I, I desperately would like to go. You would? Yeah. You want to really trip. learn the Star Wars universe? Yeah, I just like being at Disney. That's all. Okay. Rachel will allow you to go? Oh, she's not invited? I mean, she could go too, but I'm saying like, you know, she's always got something going on, you know? What, I mean, Kelly's not going to go? It's just me and you walking around Disney? Me and you. Let's go. Okay, that's different. How about yeah. we do like daddy daycare? We take we take my kids. Well, I'll tell you right now, if we do daddy daycare, we take your kids, we bring my daughter yeah. and Nick the Stick, her boyfriend, okay. and they watch your kids. Right, and then you and I just have Right, we cocktails. go do our thing. Yeah. We go, you know, play with R2-D2. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Hard maybe. How about that? It's okay. I'm in. Yeah. All right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Is, Re- is Richard Jefferson ready to go? I got to um, talk to him about something. He didn't answer. He's bad at these things. I got to so. talk to him about something. You, you got to talk to Richard Jefferson? Correct. About something he got going on I need to talk to him about. Okay. So, uh, you know, I don't want to divert the conversation away from Giannis or the Lakers. I want him to be, you know, Richard Jefferson, NBA analyst to be sure. Right. But there is something of a personal nature that I would like to discuss with Richard Jefferson. Yeah. Okay. Linz, try him again. Yeah. You know, George, just going back to this Giannis thing while we wait for Richard Jefferson to show up. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, when I hear a young man who is so thoughtful and eloquent state his case, I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed by his candor. But I just don't agree with the message. I like what he said. Yeah. I was entertained by what he said. Yeah. I think he's thoughtful and smart. And being and, and being real and honest and raw at, right. in, a, in, a, in a moment of vulnerability. Like, I get that. I just don't agree. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to hear it, to be honest with you. And the reaction was even more stunning to me. But I'll ask Richard Jefferson, who joins us here, uh, star of NBA here on ESPN, on NBA Today. You see him on games, occasionally with me, giving me a hard time, me giving him a hard time back. But it's love. It's all love. But... Richard, let's start with the Giannis thing. I want to talk to the La- about the Lakers in a second, but uh, and my guy Scott here has a question for you uh, that has is non basketball related, I believe. After that, but mm. the Giannis thing, are you surprised a by his reaction and b by the reaction of to his reaction? You know, I am a natural contrarian, so I typically go against everything that other people are saying, whether I agree with it or not. Right, <laughs> um, and I knew. Like, so when I first heard him speak, it, it, it's beautiful. First of all, in right. the, the reason why I think people are connecting to it so much is because there's a vulnerability there. He is being honest, but he's not trying to make it personal. He's trying to guard his words very, uh, very carefully. And he, I, Giannis is looking at it from a bigger view. 
from a bigger view, this is another step in that process towards becoming great, towards getting to the goal of being a multiple MVP or a multiple champion. From that standpoint, from the can you lose a bat, can you lose a battle and win the war? That's where he's looking at it from, from an aerial perspective. Yes, did he lose this battle? Was this a terrible battle? Did they take a ton of losses? Yes, but he's looking at it from the standpoint of like the ultimate journey. He's not going to sit here and live day by day, hour by hour, game by game, even year by year. He's telling you what he's looking at is an achievement over 20 years, over 10 years. So, yes, is this a, is from the from the individual season standpoint, did you not achieve your goals? Do I walk around thinking that it was a failure? No, it's like we didn't achieve our goals. But failure is not a word that he associates with, nor should he. Like nothing about him is a failure. So that's where I think it's, it's, it's the context and what he's trying to say. And if anything, he's enlightening us to his view of this approach. Absolutely agree uh, with, every, with all of your analysis. Um, just don't necessarily agree with Giannis because, Richard, it's okay to fail. I mean, if, if you have a business and it doesn't succeed and you decide to close it down – and then you go and you open another business and you learn from your mistakes and you're super successful. You go, yeah, I had a failure. What's so wrong with failure? I mean, I guess that's what I'm trying There's to figure out. There's nothing wrong with failure. There's nothing wrong with failure. I love failure. Like, I, I get it making mistakes. That's not it. I'm just saying this is more of an approach. Right. This is more of a mental approach than it is like, I'm Giannis and we don't have failures. We don't have. No, no, no. That's not it. He's got a mental approach. When LeBron showed up, and he typed, typed chosen one on his back. Was he living year by year? No, he was living like, I'm going to continue to build this out over 20 years to live up to what I believe that I can achieve. It wasn't, it wasn't just like, oh, well, LeBron's not the greatest. The greatest conversation only comes after 10, 15 years. So why would you live year by year? Yeah, but I, 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 I get what you're saying. And, and I understand that that's his position. So we, we are, we're in agreement on that. But what I would say to you is this, is, and you know this because you played with the guy, but he does also live year by year. And he also has openly talked about judging those seasons as successes and failures. And so has pretty much everyone else, including Giannis. Actually, and I kind of almost wish that I was the reporter he was talking to, because let's be honest, when he responded with, do you think Michael Jordan thought the other nine years were a failure? We all know the answer to that is yes. So like, I'm not saying he needs to be those guys, but let's not act like that's not a normal way of viewing things. Well, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. That, that can't be true. So, like, let, let's rewind. When Jordan showed up to the Wizards, Jordan went in there thinking that they were going to win a championship. When Jordan was the one when seed, Jordan, when Jordan was the one seed, Richard, he didn't expect to lose to the eighth seed. I I agree, but we're but you can't. But we're again. He's he said all of those seasons. Yes, he said was all of those seasons I mean, a failure. We watched the last said, dance together, said, didn't yeah. we? No, 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 but that wasn't the end of Jordan's career. That wasn't the end of Jordan's career. Okay, the Washington Wizards, when he hasn't played in, you know, a bunch of years and he's 38 years old? I mean, come on. Well, 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 wait, he didn't play for a bunch of years and came back and won three straight titles. It was a year and a half, but sure, okay. Would you know what, But he was in his prime. He's you, still, but, he's but still in his prime then, Can't though. different teams have different expectations? And if you're the number one seed, yes. you've got the best record, shouldn't you expect Look, to be going deeper than the first round? Have, 
See, see, you see, you guys are you guys are looking to me to give you some. No, 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 no. We want to argue with you because we. I knew you'd be good at this. I'm saying, no, no. I am. This is second take. That my view of this, like, wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, Scott. Scott can have a delusion. Rich, Richard, hold on, Scott. What did you just call this? I said you just came on second take. Second take. There you go. Exactly. Come on, jeez. Yeah. Second take. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Go ahead. Listen, greatness can have a delusion. Greatness can have a delusion. And if, and if Giannis vows to say that he, nothing is a failure, everything is a lesson, and that's what he's going to live by, and he doesn't want somebody to ask him every year, is it a failure? Like, yeah, like, that, I, that's him. If, yeah. if that's what allows him to get to the mental space to go do what he does on a consistent basis, bro, I'm not going to sit here and question your thinking or your thought process or how you break it down, because ultimately it's led you to extreme greatness. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. now let's no, do I this. Let's I, do, I like what you said. Let, At least we get into his head. That's all. Sure. Now let's do this. Yeah, we, get, we have a better understanding of him. Let, let's do this. Take us. Let, I, I was in this room in 2011 when LeBron was asked by Greg Doyle at the time of CBS Sports if he was a failure that year because they lost to the Dallas Mavericks in the finals in a year where he made the decision and everyone hated him. Literally, everyone was hating on him. And he made a comment, and I'm paraphrasing, where he said, um, well, you know what? Those people got to go back to living their lives and I'll live mine, you know? And, and, and so he, and he got destroyed for saying that, okay? Now, I happened to be at that time saying, like, because I had the, right, the proper context, but this isn't that, Richard. Like, dude, this is one of the biggest choke jobs I've ever seen in a series. Oh, and, and by the way, oh, and by the way, oh, and by the way, hold oh. on. When he was on the floor, they were actually worse than when he was off the floor in this series. No, but now, but now, but now again, 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 this is one thing where, like, I, I won't get hypercritical with him. Like, this man was a week away from being the MVP. This man has won yes. a championship and scored 50 points in the finals. So I'm not saying that he gets a pass, but, like, if you go out in game one, bang your back up, miss two games, and you have to – and you come back, like, you're not going to be the best version of yourself. You're going to – and I, this is not an excuse. That's just the reality of the situation. Like, doesn't mean he can't go for 38 and 20, but he misses a boatload of free throws. He makes his free throws, he has another 50 ball. So it's like – but he's not the best version of himself. He'd only played a couple of games over the last month of time. I get and it. So, but look at what he was playing on the other side. It's Jimmy Butler, Bam out of bio, banged up too, and like a bunch of dudes that are G League guys. No, wait, wait. Let, let me okay, let's let's let, there's there's multiple layers and we're gonna unpack it sure. all. Sure. We're gonna unpack it all. The on, by the way, you're listening it, to second take with George Sedano, Scott Kaplan, and Richard Jefferson. And by the way, Richard wait, Jefferson, I'm gonna ask you one real quick. Do you have more time for us? Because I don't want us to blow yeah. this whole thing up. Because George, if we gotta no, hit no, the break, you're, you're fine. You're okay. fine. Okay, go. good. We're good. You're fine. Go. You're fine. Yes. You're fine. Okay, go Relax. now. Go on Let's second take. Go. We're gonna break. We're gonna break it down on multiple levels, go. right? So there is the performance standpoint, right, mm-hmm. where you have to applaud the the way that the Miami Heat shot the ball. They were doing it against great defense. As a person who has been on a one eight before, I have been on a one eight where I was with San Antonio, where they lost the Memphis Grizzlies. We were a 1-8. Yep. Antonio McDice was going to retire after the season no matter what. He was like, I'm done. Antonio McDice was literally trying to defend Marc Gasol 
and and Zach Randolph to extend his career. And these guys just had it going. They just had it going. We could not stop them. We were a 61-win team with Ken Duncan, Tony Parker, Pop, Manu. Like, we could not stop these bad boys. They were just so impressive. They shot the three well enough. Got Tony, like, I, I forgot who I was making threes. Guys were making threes. There was nothing that we can do. And it was just like, look, we were 1-8. We got a bad matchup. We couldn't stop them. So I've been in this position before. But to watch these guys make panic moves at the end of the game, that's the part that was very unsettling. Right. Right. From being, being up four and letting Vincent walk into a three. Give him a layup. Give a layup. No three-pointers. You're up by four. Right. To that, to all of a sudden, the, the, the crazy inbounds that they're lucky they called a foul that they had to review because that should have been they would have stolen the ball. Miami Heat would have stolen the ball to to all of a sudden, like jump ball. Giannis getting it, firing it now, firing it to, to Chris Middleton, who's forced to save the ball. <laughs> then they get it to then they get it to yeah. their best free throw shooter who goes one for two. And he like it was like you just watched the then to not call the timeout at the point five right. with yep. point five seconds yep. you have Giannis you have the ultimate tip play there is no goaltending like everyone knows what it's what it's going to do but no one can jump as high as him so you have that so you don't call a timeout then you fast forward you get down seven in overtime and then you don't get a shot off. You don't call a timeout and say this is the thing. Like this is what we're going to do. Right. You let Grayson Allen shoot. It. Yeah, he didn't shoot it though. He didn't even get right. it off. He right. He didn't even get it off. off. Yeah. He tried to. He tried to swing it. He tried to swing right. it. And when it wasn't there, he turned. Yeah. And at that point in time, he had time for one dribble and a shot. That lets me know his brain was thinking pass. And once his brain went to pass, then it went to shot. He had lost track of how much time he had. That's all that was. Yeah. When you were the one and you lost to the eight, failure? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, yes, 100%. Because this group this group had already won championships, very similar uh, to them. And then, like, when I came in, so from my, my standpoint, I played poorly. So, like, that, that's the way I look at it. Um, you know, but also I recognize, I recognize 
that we were doing everything we could and it was a bad matchup. Like McDice wasn't thinking, oh, I'm a failure. McDice was playing to be, so he didn't retire. That was a chance for McDice to win his championship and go off. You don't think he was playing the hardest defense of his entire life? Yeah, he just he couldn't stop him. everything he yeah, could. Yeah. He couldn't stop him. So how is right. that a failure if you're doing everything that you humanly could? Are you a failure if you give your 100% best effort? Now, you can play poorly. You can play poorly. Well, that's a different but, thing. What, but what that's, I'm, that's why I'm saying it's a mindset. Thing. It's an organizational failure, though, to lose to the eight seed. Is it not? Yeah, 100%. Okay, no. well, then, the then there we go. If, that, we're look, if, if, we're looking for, if we're looking for are they happy, they are not happy. Right. They are not happy. Well, clearly okay. we saw that. They yeah, are yeah. depressed. Yeah. They are depressed. They are de- trust me, there yeah. is a bout of depression that will come from that. And and look, my issue is, and Caps, and Scott's issue as well, is just also the reaction kind of surprised me. Like, we're all, like, to your point, like, I get he's giving us, you know, a look into his mind. But my thing is this. Yes, that he is a role model for kids. No question. He plays hard as hell. Um, he plays what, you know, as if he's remotely healthy, he's going to play, as we saw in this series. Like, there's no doubt any of that's all that stuff is true. But this is not youth sports. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you've, you've been at the mountaintop. You know what I mean? In this sport. Like, it's not the same, like, when you're teaching kids um, in elementary school or AAU or whatever to play. And there is at the professional level when there's real stakes involved. Uh, again, I know I'm I'm this way, but I... I I, I I understand where you're coming from, but I also can disagree a little bit. Well, you mean because, you can disagree a lot of it if you want. I don't care. No, 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 no. no I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. And it's like, no, no, we're not looking for – this is professional sports. There are millions of dollars here involved. We are not looking for moral victories. We are not yeah. looking for messages. We are not looking for – greater overarching themes we want results and we want results now and we would prefer it on one other side or the other of the spread right like that's the way we are conditioned but that's just not how everyone is approaching things like we can't get mad at his approach and that's what i think was kind of beautiful to see and very eloquent in in the way he did it was saying that dude i don't approach this like everything is a failure. if i go up there and i got two free throws Right. If I got two free throws and I miss one, was one of those free throw shots a failure? Yes. By definition. Right? Is that, yes. So, so when you failed at the free throw line, like yeah. by definition, yes. yes. By definition, anything that is not a success is a failure. Correct. It's the opposite. So like it, so, exactly. So if he, so if he is, <laughs> if he is just broken it down in this manner, who, who are we to judge? No, I mean, I, like, listen, I, I like. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I'm here to judge all day. You well, know? yeah, I mean, that we and we're all I, on the I, on the receiving end it. of that, yeah. by the way. Yeah. And you're judgy too, so don't don't start be all sanctimonious I, on no, me. No, 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 no. I'm super judgy. I'm just more seeing his perspective <laughs> and his mindset, <laughs> which I loved. So I'm it. coming a little bit more defensive. I'm yeah. becoming I a little loved bit it. not defensive of like. Hey, yes. I see. We all see it. Yeah. We see what he's saying. Yeah. We're just trying to figure out if that should be the best player in the world saying this. Everyone gets a trophy. This is just a lesson. Right. Love, loved listening to it. Loved how articulate he was. Loved how thoughtful he was. Loved how candid he was. Real. He was sharing. Right. Yeah. I just don't agree. Yeah. And maybe just, uh, maybe yeah, I've right. just been brainwashed my whole life to yeah. think that it's about winning. I guess I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. There's winning and there's misery. That's what Pat Riley once so. told me. So I don't know. You know. Yeah. So that, I, look, I look, I get it. Um, all right, real quick, Lakers, because we only got like five more minutes here with you. Um, 
I say you got to treat this like game seven. AD needs to play like 40-something minutes in this game because every time he sits, they're getting destroyed. Like, what what do you see in this in, in this series right now? This one's scary. If the Lakers don't win game six, I just don't see that there's a scenario that they win game seven. Toast. I just, I, I, I don't. I, I don't I don't see that and you know that's where the three ones the three ones I, I, I think you can see them more happening now especially with the, the way the game is sped up so there's more possession so it's like the flow of the games change a little bit more but like I can very I can very easily see you know that um, the, the Memphis Grizzlies because they are the better team ultimately the Memphis Grizzlies are the better team we give stock to LeBron you give stock to AD yes but like Bain and and John Morant, no one can consistently keep John Morant in front of them. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to make his layup or floater. Yep. That's all. That's the only thing. The question is not can anyone keep him in front of him. The answer is no. So, like, by that, if you are so dominant where the game is really up to you and what you are going to do, if you're going to make your three-point shots, if you're going to make your floaters, the game is up to you because you're that good. So, I think for the Lakers – they got to keep getting – they got to have somebody else step up. D'Lo has doing it for stretches. It would be great to see him do it for a full game, like a real – like give me a 25-point, you know, 8, 7, 9, you know, like each quarter, like that type of stuff. Like that to me would be the difference in in that game. Uh, and on the Memphis side, it, it's just John Bain. They're going to live by that. Don't let Dylan Brooks have a game eventually – you keep throwing rocks at the ocean, you're going to hit water eventually. Like, if he has one of those games where he hits 3-4-3, three, three, that's going to be the game, and then we're going to have to listen to the Dylan Brooks show. Yeah. Hey, um, Richard, I don't know how the Lakers should do this, but this is what I think they should do. Maybe you could tell me how they should or could. Um, just pick one or the other, Bain uh, or Morant. I would pick Bain myself, but just say, okay, we can't have both of you guys scoring 30-plus, so we're going to try and shut one of you two down. I don't know how they do it, but that's what I think they should do. What do you think? Well, that that is what they should do. But again, Bain with his ability, and and you can see the growth in his game and the improvement in his game, his ability to not just be a set shooter, to not just be a dribble up shooter. He's running around. He's getting. He's got like Steph Curry esque, but you could say Dame. He's almost like that guy that off pick and rolls in transition. Like if he's getting any daylight, that's the way he was shooting the ball. So if you get like that, it is very, very difficult to do like that style of guarding. And then we know that John Morant cannot be kept in front of him. Like you can't do it. So it's like, it's a very difficult task because John Morant is so physically gifted. And then Desmond Bain has raised his game to a level where it becomes extremely difficult. And that's why their team probably would have been the number one seed if they were healthy with their two bigs. Richard Jefferson with us here, NBA on ESPN, NBA Today. You see him everywhere. Real quick, I got one more basketball question, and then Scott has a non-basketball question for you, and thank you for your time. I just want to let people know Bryce Young, officially the number one pick in the NFL draft that has happened just a second ago. Uh, All right, Anthony Davis. Um, My defense of Anthony Davis after not this last game, but the previous game was he's he can still impact the game even though he has a bad offensive night. Like, he could still be potentially the best player on the floor despite having a bad offensive night. Do you agree or disagree with that? Yes, he can, but I also still think that it's... it's um, I don't know. It just you, what Jason Kidd, to me, was the first player that I ever saw dominate a game. 
dominated game um, without scoring. And it was like defensive end. It was pressing of the pace. It was all of the things. Rebounding. He would do all of the things that, you know, that's why he just came. Anthony Davis can dominate a game without scoring, but I still think he's doing his team a disservice because they need him to score. Okay, they yep. need him yep. to score. So he's still he's not being truly dominant. If like you can get 15 rebounds, five blocks, eight assists, two steals, but your team needs you to score 25 in order to win. So all of that is nice. We appreciate that. And like, yes, that might help us win, but like us to guarantee you go get us 25, 27 and be efficient. That's what's going to get it done for us. You've got to have the ability to go and do that. If you're a, he's one of the 75 greatest. So we're, what we're asking is not unreasonable for people in that class or people that are quote unquote supposed to be in that class. These are the expectations of that caliber of player. All right, Richard, before you go, uh, two things. One, I hope to see you at Del Mar this summer, okay? So I hope to see you down there. I would love to. Would love okay. to. All right, little Del Mar. Cap is, like the, Cap is like the mayor of Del Mar. So seriously, like if you uh, really want to go, he's like the mayor there. Well, I'm not even but, but Richard a knows the Jimmy mayor. O's. No, he knows. He, yeah, a yeah. little Jimmy O's, yeah. a little in Fuego. I can't wait. Yeah. A little Del Mar action. But the second thing is, and I'll make it quick, and if you could hustle it up, do us this favor. What is the deal, and I think it's absolutely hysterical, the videos that you and Matt Leiner do together about being like sports dads standing on the sidelines. These videos on Instagram, dude, they crack me up. What is the story? Uh, well, the story is that Matt and I, we've known each other for years, and I started doing my social, you know, a ton more, and I started working with a company, and I've known Matt for years. And he reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, who's been doing, who's been working with your social? And I said, hey, Content Capital is the company that I've worked with. They've helped me kind of navigate and do what I'm doing. He's like, I'd love to work with them. So they started working together and they they came up with an idea. So I was watching his content and watching the stuff that he was starting to put out and just have fun. And I was like, hey, let's do this. I'm, and so we jumped into it. So we're going to keep doing a bunch, but it's a lot of fun. We just go out there on a Saturday and crack some jokes together for an hour and then just put, put them on social media and people have been enjoying it. Follow, have you seen these? I have not. I oh try, my God. I, I already consume enough Richard no, no. Jefferson in my Ho, life, to be I'm honest I'm telling you, you Liner, by the way, <laughs> Liner is hilarious. Richard is hilarious. Yeah. Put the two of these Listen, guys together it, on social media. It's super stardom. If you want real Richard Jefferson, just go to the man's TikTok, okay? That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where it is. That's where I appreciate you guys. Richard, I love no, you, brother. You go, Th- thank you for the time. No problem. Thank you. See ya. There he is, Richard Jefferson. Catch him on NBA Today, ESPN NBA Games. Gave us a lot of time, um, so appreciate that. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. To Kane? Yeah. Real yeah, quick, just to catch song. people up on the draft, Bryce Young went one, uh, CJ Stroud two. So two kids from the Southland go one and two at I quarterback mean, in the it, NFL it, draft. It's amazing. Bryce Young played his high school ball at Modern Day. Well, and Cathedral before that. Yep, and yeah. Stroud played at Rancho Cucamonga. yeah. Right, so a little IE love out there. Yeah. But to see two kids who really essentially kind of grew up, I mean, through high school football and through becoming stars of college football, and to be two Southern California kids be drafted one and two overall, that is, that, that is truly, truly incredible. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Two so. players, same position, same part of the country, one and two. And amazing. Amazing. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Ridiculous. Go ahead, Lindsay. Radio Tinder. All right, guys. So, uh, yesterday, model-turned-author Chrissy Teigen, I don't know if you know her, Cabby, but just for a little backstory, she's John Legend's wife. You know who she is? 
I've heard the name. Okay. So anyway, she uh, posted on an update on her health after she had posted on Twitter last week that she was sick following a cruise that she and her family had embarked on. She said, quote, I am still madly sick, madly sick from this bleeping cruise. I never get sick. I love germs. The gift that keeps on giving. Would you guys ever go on a cruise? Swipe left or swipe right? Uh, not my thing. I don't love cruises. Um, I like small boats personally, but um, you know, even that I don't love super like a ton. Uh, by the way, the Houston Texans have also traded with the Arizona Cardinals, so they had the second pick, t- took C.J. Stroud. Now they have the third pick, and they're taking Will Anderson from Alabama, so they take their quarterback and the best defensive player on the board, allegedly. So. There you have it. Um, I'm not a big cruise guy, Cappy. You a big cruise guy? No. I, the, the ships are so massive. Yeah. And there's so many thousands of people on them. And there's nowhere to get off. I mean, unless, of course, you're docked. But yeah, I don't... The big giant cruise ship doesn't appeal to me. And the whole idea of going on it, I automatically think I'm going to be sick coming off of it. So no, I'm out. It's kind of cesspooly, But... Okay, so I'll ask you guys real quick. If you were me, I have a free cruise that I got from my MGM Rewards, and it's it's like a free Mia and a, a, another person, and I get like a three-night cruise, whatever. I feel like since it's free, I should go on it, right? If it's um, free, go. What the hell? I mean, it does. I mean, the idea of a cruise kind of freaks me out and grosses me out, but if it's free, I feel like I should try it, right? I, I mean, yeah, everything I just said about not being into a big cruise ship and everything... If it were free, I'd probably be like, all right, I'll try it. Give it a shot. I'll, I'll be willing to get sick. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, it's only three days. It's not like I'm going to be gone for a whole week. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, while the draft is going on here, a little college football talk. NIL deals have obviously begun paying players large sums of money to hone their craft at the college level. Yeah. Most of those big deals have been given to players in the bigger conferences. And at least one coach wants to change that. Maryland head coach Mike Loxley told Fox Sports that he wants to see a $25 million cap in the Big Ten. He said, quote, we signed a billion dollar TV deal in the Big Ten. Let's take uh, $25 million out of that and give it to every school and say, here, there's your salary cap. Do you guys think this would work? Swipe left or swipe right, George? No, I don't think there should be a salary cap on NIL. Um, I think if we're going to do a free market society here let's let's make this a free market society that's just them they're always trying to put these guardrails when there are can we put a cap okay look i'll do this how about this i'll agree to a salary cap on nil if we do agree to a salary cap on coaches salaries too i was thinking the same thing because they make so much money it's yeah insane. so it, it so there you go i'll agree to it if that's the if those are the terms well that's not going to happen we know okay that. then it's not going to happen bro yeah but i think the thing about the notion of a salary cap which by the way i don't agree with at all either is it is it because like there's that mid-major school that knows that they can't ever compete with the biggest of the big schools? Well, you know what? So what? That's the same thing that happens in pro sports, too. Yeah. I mean, listen, the Pittsburgh Pirates just took two out of three from the Dodgers, and they've got one of the best records in baseball. But they got no payroll compared to the Dodgers. It'll all play itself out, and they won't be there at the end. That's the way it goes. The big guys you know, got the money, and the little guy maybe doesn't have the money. Yeah. Exactly. All right, what's next, Lens? All right, so the personal finance website WalletHub released its list of the worst airlines in the U.S. last week. Oh. They analyzed 2022 flight data from the U.S. Department of Transportation to come up with its rankings, and they ranked Southwest as the worst among the 11, and Delta was number one. Do you agree with these rankings, at least these two? That Delta was number one, mm-hmm. as in the worst? No, Delta was the best, oh, and okay. Southwest was the worst. Um, so I don't like Southwest. 
I've already talked to you about this a million times. I don't like the fact that I can't pick my own seat. I mean, clearly Southwest had a really rough year, right? Like, we all know what happened with them this year. So I'm not surprised that this year, where usually they're near the top, they were at the bottom. I fly Delta fairly regularly. Like, I would say that, you know, I've told you this. I go JetBlue first, but they don't fly very many places. But um, if everywhere else, pretty much I fly Delta occasionally I'll have to fly like American if it's a time crunch situation, but Delta is my go-to. So I I love Delta. Yeah. I'm also Delta first. That is definitely my number one airline. Um, I actually don't mind Southwest. I don't use it that often, but like I just recently flew to Phoenix and back on Southwest. It was fine. Everything was on time. It didn't, I I did like the the business upgrade, whatever. So I was like one of the first couple of people to get on the plane. Oh, you bought a A one through 15. Well, what? Ho- George, hold Cap. on a second. Let me rephrase. I don't want to. I don't want to miss. I don't want to misstate the truth. Okay. You know who bought it, Rachel? Yeah, yeah. Because with her, like I'll be C fifty, but she has to be like A one through fifteen. Yeah, you okay. understand? All right. That's what I figured. It didn't sound like you. That so that's why I was right. curious. But but Delta one Southwest at the end twenty two. I'm just curious, Lindsay. I don't know if you have the entire list. We always goof it's on eleven. There's eleven. Oh, oh okay. We always goof on Spirit Airlines as an example. Where are they on the list? Yeah, that's what well, I want to know. See. Frontier is number ten, which that's insane to me that Frontier is ranked higher than than uh Southwest. Southwest, yeah. yeah. I mean, Southwest, it's fine, but it's you know, it's got its drawbacks. Let's see. I don't even see Spirit on here. So, oh, really? Yeah. So they were so bad they didn't even make the yeah, list. Yeah, they didn't huh? even make. Oh no, actually, Spirit's number number two. Number two behind Delta. Yeah. No way. So I, I'm not buying this list. This, they said they said the biggest reason was their safety criteria. Oh, because they had a perfect mark in their oh. safety criteria. I mean, I would hope everyone would have a perfect mark on their safety criteria. To be honest with you, well, it says, and then it, and then it goes on to talk about the mostly negative reviews online from passengers. <laughs> Actually, like, you say that, George, and then I just think about that Southwest flight I was on coming back from Phoenix, was running late by about 45 minutes, then got even later because there was a flat tire on the plane. Check that. Wow. Check what I said about Southwest. Yeah. All yeah. right, what, what's next, Lynn? Th- those things probably have a lot more to do with their rankings, like the you know, yeah. safety and the on time. Okay, last one here. Netflix released an official teaser on YouTube for season six of Black Mirror yesterday. The widely successful British anthology TV series was on a four-year hiatus, and the highly anticipated most, quote, unexpected season yet is slated to be released in June. Are you guys Black Mirror fans? I'm not, but I'm, I mean, I liked Selma Hayek, and I know she's going to be on this next season or whatever. I read that earlier. So I may just tune in just for that. Um, I don't know if I would actually go back and watch the other five seasons. Do I need to? Like, um, it's an amazing show. Yeah, it's. I'm and not, they're nice and short. None of them have to do with each other. So, you know, you could just pepper one in here and there when uh, you're bored. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a huge sci-fi series person. Like, even The Mandalorian, like, I saw the first season. I still haven't seen the second or third season. So, um, I'm more like, I like sci-fi movies. Don't know if I love, like, first of all, I don't have time to sit through many series to begin with. So, I guess I'm going to answer swiping left. I'm probably not going to watch it, although I may just watch the one episode that I know Salmo is going to be on. I'm going to swipe left also. I'm definitely not going to watch it. There's so much out there that I want to watch, that I want to catch up on. Uh, Like Succession is at the top of that list. I think I'm only three episodes into Ted Lasso so far this year. There's just so much out there. I can't possibly watch it all. And I'd never even heard of this series. And coming off a four-year hiatus, I'm not going in. Real quick, though, Cappy, I feel like this is something that you might enjoy. Because first of all, they're all like separate episodes. They don't have anything to do with each other, really. And they, they they pose a lot of weird like societal. I know it's it's a sci-fi show, but it's more like 
culture and society type of like conundrums where it's like one of them is like, what if, um, you know, your your likes and your your rankings or whatever on social media and stuff were apparent like when you meet somebody like as soon as you meet somebody, you're going to grade them on your little on your phone based on your interactions with them. And it's like. It, it you know just your daily interactions with somebody from getting coffee to going to work to whatever and like how much that like our lives are consumed with that another one is like what if you could go back and record all the data in your mind and your memories and stuff like that and play it back like it's all they're all very weird out there like situations but you know i feel like they're also maybe possible someday so it's interesting sounds good I'm just again i'm kind of with george here i don't have time to take it all in yeah you i know? don't either there's yeah. just so much yeah yep um all right Anthony Richardson, by the way, is the number four pick in the draft to the Indianapolis Colts. Pretty uh, ama- amazing, right? First four picks of the draft, three of them are quarterbacks with all the talk going into this draft about which of these quarterbacks was going where and who might drop. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so Will Levis right now is uh, still on the board. Um, Hendon Hooker the uh, from Tennessee. Uh, there's a rumor the Rams, Rams might trade up to try to get him, but we'll see. But Anthony Richardson... There are weeks, I've told you this, Cappy, where I thought he was the best quarterback in the country, and then there are weeks I'm like going, woof, he could use another year in college. So there's a lot of upside. He's a physical beast. The guy weighs like 245 pounds. He's like um, incredible arm strength, like incredible athleticism. He's a beast, but you're going to have to be a little patient if you are the Indianapolis Colts. But anyway, all right, that is Radio Tinder. That's the update on the draft. Of course, Radio Tinder brought to you by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sipping tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com. Demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. All right, so first four, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, two Southern California kids, go one and two. Will Anderson goes number three also to the Texans, who traded up uh, a bunch of picks to get the third pick as well. They had the second, so they took Stroud and Anderson and then Anthony Richardson, number four, to the Colts. Uh, Cappy, before we move on, because we got Blake Harris, our Dodger insider, coming up next. Dodgers lost, as you mentioned, two of three to the – I was going to say the Steelers – the Pirates. (laughs) Um, And Blake, our baseball and Dodger insider, will join us next. Oh, Lizzo! Come on now. Uh. Turn up the music. Turn down the lights. Uh. Okay. All right. It's about damn time. Mm. I'm with you. I'm feeling it. I know people on YouTube can see me rocking out. Did Lizzo, how many, did Lizzo win a bunch of Grammys or whatever this year? She won like six Grammys. And she won the song of the year, right? Didn't she? Song of the year and like six Grammys. I love her. I love her I don't know if that's true or not. I just made that all up. See you lying. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not lying. I just made it up. Kind of lying, Kathy. No, that's different. Oh, how so? Oh, yeah. Is that like uh, success and failure? Success and failure are very black and white. You win, you succeed. You yeah. lose, you fail. Sorry. Yeah. Just the way it goes. Right. Mm. So, but you lying and not lying is also not black and white? Right. There's there's a lot of nuance to it. Oh, I see. This you know, two things can be, Two yeah. things can be true at once. Yeah. Uh, Lizzo won one, two, three. Two Grammys, three mm-hmm. Grammys. How many Grammys? Hold on a Six second. Grammys, I said. Six no, Grammys. I just on. made that up. Maybe I was right. How many Grammys does Lizzo have? Oh, um, have, not won this past Grammys. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look it up here. How many did, what did she win? She won Song of the Year. I was right. Yeah. How do you like that? Yeah. So there you go. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Gotta say- the, Oh, no, uh, no, wait. Wait. What? She did what? not win Song what? of the Year. What'd she win? Record of the year, a record oh. of the year. Oh, okay. Was it record or record. something? That's I don't know. The same what thing, isn't it? No, there's different. They, the album they, is like the full album, and then record is just the song. I don't know. They want they they want different stuff. I don't know. Just I'll figure it out. 
This website is we'll, so we'll, confusing. We'll she has four by. Grammys in her career. Okay. I want to make sure we get this right at this point. Now, I I'm mean, like, accuracy is urgent. I'm pot here. committed at this point. I bet mm-hmm. Blake knows how many Grammys Lizzo has. I bet you he doesn't. There's zero chance he knows how many Grammys she has. Come on, Blake. You're on the clock. Pressure's on. Lizzo has three Grammys. All right. Let me check. I like Blake's theme song. Play it. Yeah. 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 Uh. Uh. Yeah. Uh. She has four. Yeah. That's what I said. She has four. Yeah. yeah, she has four. I was uh. right about that. I just yeah. want to know which ones they were. Yeah. Uh, uh, she won. Yeah. Here we yeah. go. Uh, 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 oh my God. She has um twenty in twenty twenty. She got one for. Uh, All right. Who cares? We'll just do it later. Okay. Yeah, Blake. What the bleep with the Dodgers, man? <laughs> that's that's a great question, George. That's a great question, and unfortunately, I do not have an answer. Uh, it seems like it's the same thing every week. We don't have an answer. It's the hitting looks bad one day, the pitching looks great, and then vice versa. The next day, the pitching looks great, the hitting looks awful. So it's a pretty big sample size now. I think the Dodgers have close to 30 games under their belt. So this has not been an impressive team. This hasn't looked like a team that really can make a World Series run. So I know it's April. I know there's still a lot of time. But the Dodgers really got to figure things out because this looks like a team that might be fighting for a wild card spot come September. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. Right. When, By the way, Lizzo, four Grammys, as I mentioned. One last year. It was record of the year for about damn time. Now we got it official. Go, Cappy. All right. Well, look, when you take three out of four in Chicago, you're like, okay, hey, looking pretty good. Chicago, the Cubs are a decent team. And uh, take three out of four on the road, pretty good. When you lose two out of three to the Pirates, it looks and feels bad. But, Blake, I don't know anything about the Pittsburgh Pirates other than they seem to have the best record in the National League. Maybe I underestimated the Pittsburgh Pirates. Scott, I probably know as much about the Pittsburgh Pirates as you do. I just know they have a great stadium. But, yeah, I mean, this is a team that's been one of the worst in baseball the last couple of decades. Obviously, they're off to a hot start this year. But the Dodgers should have gone into Pittsburgh, and they should have taken the series. And, obviously, a couple nights ago they picked up the victory. But they needed to come from behind, I think, like six runs in order to win that game. So, for the most part, the Pirates kind of outplayed the Dodgers for a majority of the series. Not a great look, and the Pirates are missing some of their key guys as well. So, hopefully the Dodgers can somehow turn things around at home. My biggest concern is, like you said, Scott, they just took three out of four against the Cubs. They finally had some momentum going. And then they just lost it all by losing a series to the Pirates. I think the Dodgers have not won more than three games in a row at any point so far this season. And for a team that has World Series aspirations, if you can't even get a four-game winning streak against some weak weak competition, uh, that's not an encouraging sign, to say the least. All right, Mookie Betts, shortstop, go. I love it. I did not think I would love it as much as I did, but... We have to remember Mookie Betts actually came up as a shortstop. He was drafted as a shortstop. That's his natural position. He's talked about wanting to move to the infield full-time. So if Mookie Betts is on board with any position he plays, I'm on board too. And I think it actually makes the Dodgers that much deeper. I think it allows you to play more guys in the outfield as opposed to having Miguel Rojas, having Chris Taylor, who were essentially guaranteed outs at this point. So I like it. I think it makes the Dodgers a better team. I don't know once those guys are healthy how often he's going to be playing there. But I, I think the Dodgers, if they really want to have their best lineup on paper, that includes Mookie Betts at shortstop. But isn't that, you know, you just said it, that this doesn't look like a World Series caliber team. And granted, we're still under 30 games into the season. 
but the shortstop position has been such a problem this season, starting day one of spring training, that you're in a desperation situation by moving Mookie Betts there. Because if there was any conversation about him playing in the infield, preseason it was second base. I mean, I think this shortstop situation screams of, of part of the issue here. Yeah. I mean, I think Mookie Betts is technically like the Dodgers' six-string th- six shortstop at this point. And, I mean, they've essentially tried every option they possibly can. And up until this point, they've just got no answers everywhere. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, Dave Roberts, Andrew Friedman, all these guys, they're not happy. They don't want Mookie Betts to be playing shortstop every day. They want to give the guy that they're paying $300 million to that's winning gold gloves in right field. They want to keep him in right field. But as they say, desperate times call for desperate measures. And the Dodgers, they got to get creative because nobody is hitting. So if you can somehow get a guy like Mookie as your shortstop, Maybe maybe that is the best option, but I think it just goes to show how bad the Dodgers are doing in this first month where you're having to rely on Mookie Betts to be your shortstop. You're having to rely on him to play more often there than you would like because I think Dave Roberts prior to the start of the season said failing with Mookie to play second base maybe 20 games, I think he's played close to maybe 10 or 15 already in the infield this season, which, again, I know the Dodgers probably aren't too happy about. Uh, so, Blake, Tampa Bay is clearly the best team in baseball right now. Uh, the Braves are the best team in the National League. Then there seems to be a big jumble after that. So who do you think the next couple of team, best couple of teams are, and how close are the Dodgers despite their start to those teams in your estimation? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough because, you know, we are still a little early in the season, so you don't really know who's legit, who's not. Like, I think the, the Pirates are in first place in the NL Central, so... You yeah, know, they got they more wins than anybody at 18 right now. <laughs> yeah, which who would have thought? I mean, their payroll is probably uh, less than what Cappy's making per year. So they about that? baller Cappy over here. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, no, in regards, to, in regards to teams that are, you know, legitimate, obviously the Braves, they're going to be there come October. And pretty much for the most part, everyone else is kind of underwhelmed. Like, I think the Padres might be under 500 currently still. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know the Mets, they've been kind of struggling to start the season. Um, I think the Cardinals, who the Cardinals were a team I, I really liked entering the year. I think they may be in last place in their division. So I, I don't know. Like at this point, like if you had to pick, you know, four or five teams from the NL that are going to be there in October, I think your only like guarantee is the Braves, and that might be it because everyone else has just been really, you know, underperforming up until this point in the season. So or long. or overperforming if you're a team that was underestimated, right? Yeah, like Pittsburgh, <laughs> right. like Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Blake, the first base Pittsburgh Pirates. But you know what? Today, Pittsburgh got 10 strikeouts on the Dodgers. And and it was just the starting pitcher. I, I got to go back and take a look because it was an earlier game. But I saw this headline. I'm like, wow, 10 strikeouts. And then I decided to look at the Dodgers batting average. Do you know the Dodgers don't have one guy right now hitting over 300? Not one. In fact, the closest is Freddie Freeman at 287. Not one guy over 300. Another, another statistic that screams, here's part of the issue. Scott, I'm really glad you brought that up because I was actually talking with my girlfriend about this the other day. I know batting average is one of those stats that a lot of people kind of don't really pay attention to anymore. They, you know, like myself included, I like WRC plus, I like OPS, I like all, all those kind of things. But batting average, it's still simple enough where people are getting hits this frequently. And like you said, no one's hitting above 300. The last I looked, I think the Dodgers were the second or third worst team in all of baseball. When it comes to batting average, and the only teams worse are the Oakland A's, who are historically one of the worst teams ever. And I think maybe like the Kansas City Royals. So no, this is the no, Dodgers. the Padres. Padres had the lowest batting average. Oh, 
How about that? That gives well, you an idea of why they're struggling. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's no, I mean, everyone's down bad. So, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, again, I, I get that you want to hit home runs, you want to do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you still have to hit the ball. Like, you still got to get on base. And the Dodgers haven't been doing that, and no one didn't. And, again, the fact that Freddie Freeman, like you said, is hitting 280 or so, and that's the Dodgers' best hitter, yeah, that, that's that's a little bit concerning. Yeah, I got one last one for you. We got less than a minute here. Um, you mentioned there that you were talking to your girlfriend about their lack of uh, batting average or the, the lack of pop, I guess, in the lineup. How many baseball conversations are you having with your girlfriend on a daily basis? Good question. Oh, it's uh, George, you should be asking how many non-related baseball oh, conversations okay. are you having with your girlfriend on it? I mean, we watch every game together. We're okay. talking baseball. Probably cool. talk too much baseball, but yeah. She, she doesn't like when I get too uh, advanced when it comes to stats. She doesn't like when I mention right. WRC Plus or what a player's <laughs> worth. She's more into the, uh, the simple kind of stats. Gotcha. Yeah. Blake Harris, follow him on Twitter. He's our Dodger insider. Blake, at Blake H. Harris on Twitter. And, of course, his podcast, Inside the Ravine. And subscribe to his Substack. He's doing the Lord's work there. Every morning in my email, in my inbox, uh, I get the email of what Blake's writing about on his Substack. You can subscribe as well. Blake, we'll talk to you next week, pal. Thanks for the time. Later, Balake. Hey, no worries. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. See ya. All right, Cappy, tell him about Yamava because I want to get back to this whole um, Lakers situation with Memphis and Giannis.